It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I did something to, like, the microphone. So no. Like, you used your metal uh, canteen from the Vietnam War that you drank your, <laughs> your juice Oh, that of. is what it was. Yeah. No, it's because it was the metal straws that Courtney gets. Boy. It goes ting, 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 ting. Yeah, I, understand, every time I, I understand what metal on metal sounds like whenever it's that. That's what I'm saying. Well, hey, man. It's hey, look, dude. Ten. I used to shop at the Army Navy surplus store, too. And I think that's cool. But maybe, like, speaking use, up, man, maybe we use a plastic been in a long cup. time. Okay. Huh? Maybe it's like a plastic cup. So we don't ting, well, ting, 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 ting. I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I like the environment, so. Hey, all you bucks and does, welcome back to your favorite podcast, That Would Be Rad, a podcast that majors in 80s and 90s nostalgia, comic culture, all things paranormal, and minors in retro video games, tabletop RPGs like our favorite Dungeons and Dragons, pre-internet mysteries, and trying to raise our kids to be half as cool as we were back in the 80s. We are your hosts, Woody Brown and Tyler Benz. I mean, my mind's not working today. I guess I do need some of that alpha... Uh, bravo, bravo brain. I stopped taking it, but I really. Yeah, no, I wonder, it probably gave you psoriasis. I've got such a great combination, though, of like. I don't, we're not getting into it. What are we uh, talking about today? Okay, look, man, I got to tell you, <clears throat> you know, if you've been listening to the show since the beginning, what you've witnessed and what you've heard is sort of my progression mm-hmm. into this world of strange stuff that, that's out there. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we've talked about and that we continue to talk about and stuff are like these cryptid creatures. When you think of cryptid creatures, of course, you're, you're thinking of Bigfoot. Classic. Loch Ness Monster. Mm-hmm. Mothman. Mm-hmm. 
What else, man? Is that all you got? Well, I mean, no, I'm just saying the classics, man. Yeti. These have been around a while. Yeti. But, I mean, you know, Yeti, Bigfoot. What else, man? Keep it going. Well, I mean, there's a lot of, like, sort of— what The Oak Ridge Boys. The, <laughs> like, these minor characters or whatever. But, like, to me, I always thought, okay, these things were discovered long ago. Mm-hmm. It's the topic of conversation since then. You know, that's what I think of. Yeah. Little did I know. I mean, so in other words— are there new cryptid creatures? Yeah, yeah. So what you're saying is is pretty true. You know, especially us growing up in the '80s, we we were used to you know your your sort of mainstays of cryptozoology. And if you look into historically, yes, a lot of these cases go f- much farther back than whenever they gained popularity. But typically, a lot of the stuff happened in you know, maybe late 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and like maybe 80s, but like you don't really hear much about these newer sort of cryptids. And, you know, especially since the the birth of, of the internet, really. This is one that, as a longtime fan of all this, all this kind of stuff, this is one that has somewhat even eluded myself until I would say the last year, maybe two years. Mm-hmm. I heard about it from Cam and Kyle, our buddies over at Expanded Perspectives. Great podcast, by the way. But they they have really sort of been championing, championing, man, championing, championing. Maybe you're uh, thinking of like Champlain. There you go. Oh, champ, champy. That's another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they've been really championing this topic. Um, and so the topic that we are talking about today is the not deer. Mm-hmm. Whenever you first told me about this over the phone, you're like, man, I think we should, I think we should talk about this not deer. Mm-hmm. And I, the whole time in my head was envisioning like, okay, what is that? Is it a deer that's like tied in knots Same or something? Here. Like what, what are they talking about? Mm-hmm. So unlike other cryptids, and if we, if we remember sort of our cryptozoology 101 episode, mm-hmm. cryptids are creatures that People kind of witnessed, we're not sure if they exist. And if they do, there hasn't really been a ton of sort of, uh, we don't have like a body in a museum to study, right? Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, they're kind of eluding us all. But unlike other cryptids, the not deer is not really characterized as it being like a distinctly unknown animal, but instead how it appears or behaves in contrast to a known animal, which is a deer. So it's literally well said, not a deer, mm-hmm. right? And so the, people just call it not deer, which is maybe not the most creative name, yeah. but, you know, whatever. Here's the thing. Not deer are, there's various descriptions of, of how they look, but the main sort of commonality is it's described as looking like a deer, but then there's something wrong with it. For example forward-facing eyes, kind of like a predator, or eyes that are kind of, you know, too close together, or a neck that's too long, or Mm -hmm. a head that's kind of misshapen. Here's where it starts to get, like, weird and creepy. It's also sometimes described as having legs that are either too short Mm -hmm. or kind of jointed or move in unnatural ways. Like a reverse, like, hinged leg. Like it bends the other way. Um, well, let, let me give a disclaimer since we're getting into this. So one of the things that is equally fascinating and also somewhat uh, sort of frustrating if you're if you're people like us is this particular topic 
you know, like with the Mothman, for example, you know exactly it has red glowing eyes. You know it has wings. You know it typically doesn't have like a neck and it's kind of, its head is sort of somewhat built into its like shoulders and sort of torso. But with this, the knot deer, I mean, the name, as silly as it sounds, it really is kind of a, a pretty pretty apt title for this because there's there's a lot of things about this phenomenon and this cryptid that is different from sighting to sighting. So like what he was saying, you know, sometimes people are seeing, you know, forward eyes and backwards legs and, but like not all of them have these, ha, not all of these, not all of them share the same traits. And so like there's even somewhere they don't really have herbivore type teeth. They have sharper teeth or they, mm-hmm. their eyes are glowing or they even have more, you know, more eyes than your typical, like, you know, obviously two eyes. And so there's, there's this sort of weird miasma of like inconsistency surrounding this cryptid. So mm-hmm. it's cool, but it's also, it's kind of harder to like pin down, you know? Right. Especially like how it looks and stuff. Now, one yeah. thing that, that, that a lot of these encounters have in common is that the behavior of this creature is certainly much different than deer. Now, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, if you heard last week's uh, episode, Tyler kind of mentioned that you know, the way my house is sort of set up in my neighborhood, we're kind of, you know, separated from our neighbors a good bit. And our backyard typically will have deer mm-hmm. throughout the year, either sleeping back there or just at least like early in the morning kind of eating stuff. And one time they ate my fig tree, which, boy, I was kind of ticked off. But that's neither here, that's neither deer nor there. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> but... You go outside and those deer just hightail it out of there. I mean, oh, literally, yeah. they just pounce mm-hmm. and they get out of dodge very quickly. Well, these not deer are characteristically not afraid and don't avoid that kind of interaction. In fact, you know, kind of the opposite. Sometimes they've been reported to be more aggressive or, and here's kind of where it gets like really kind of scary. And some of them have been said to like make these weird, like, clicking noises move with uncomfortable jerking motions and just like this all of that surrounding this like complete lack of fear which Mm. is just creepy as heck man which which by the way i'm not i definitely don't want to bury the lead here but the clicking sound Mm -hmm. i i totally forgot it i'm so glad you brought that up because the weird thing about that is is that's also a a somewhat familiar trait of these super old school uh, werewolf sightings. People were claiming mm. that they would hear like it sounds like bones rattling. Ooh. And so if you know, again, I don't I don't want to like give too much away, but it's like is is this like a, like a metamorphosis, a change happening? So it's like certain parts of their body are like changing and bones mm. are changing positions, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's what you're hearing. So Ooh, cool, boy. man. Or maybe like they're not quite formed, which right. get into some of my theories. Uh-huh. And so some of those bones are just kind of like rubbing against each other as it's moving mm. towards you. I love it. Dude, I think what we need to do is kind of talk about some of these encounters that we've kind of found mm-hmm. or just read them here so that people can kind of get a good idea of not only how different these encounters are, but how people are seeing these out in the wild. Yeah. And and just before we we do that, you know, th- this, again, this is like a newer topic. I mean, it's in, it's been in the last several years. And so, you know, the difference in, in a cryptid like this and, and, you know, maybe like your Mothman or your older, you know, your, your A-list cryptids, 
are, you know, we don't have a John Keel. We don't have these Mm -hmm. boots on the ground researchers that are out there in the field and like tracking down stuff. So all we really do have are these accounts. And, Mm -hmm. you know, disclaimer, yes, we realize that a lot of this stuff could be made up. Hell, almost all of it could be made up. Mm -hmm. But we like to believe that maybe not. Even if it is the 1%, you know, it's, I think John Keel even said that. It's like, you know, if the the 1% of things that are unexplainable, that's what we're interested in. So let's get into it, man. This one is a group of friends that encountered this creature at night while sitting around a campfire uh, out in Sleepy Hollow, New York. This is their account. We were playing paintball in the wintertime, a group of 10 players. We played for an hour before we ran out of paintballs and retreated to the rock bridge to build a fire like we usually do. My brother George and I heard something to the right, and because there are leaves on the trees and there's snow on the ground, the moon was bright and it illuminated this deer. It wasn't a normal-looking deer. It had no tail and the eyes were too far apart. It also had this awful stench, like death. I told my brother not to make a sound. Now, George is not one for ghosts and doesn't believe in fairy tales, but when he saw this, he was beside himself. Before we could turn around, it saw us and screamed at us. The rest of the crew heard it, and we ran past them yelling, Let's go, let's go, let's go, now, now. They saw what we saw, and they took off with us. This thing was super fast. The exit was a good mile run on the aqueduct trail. It took us about 10 minutes to get back to the road. We see the light on the road coming as we're getting close, but this thing was right behind us screaming. We get to the light on the road, and it stopped. It's looking at us, still screaming. The neighbors came out. I started cussing at us for all the noise, and for all the noise, and she ended up calling the cops. Then she saw what we saw and ran inside screaming. When the cops showed up, the thing took off. But my brother and I took some pictures, and we got some pretty good shots. We showed the cops this thing, and they told us not to come out here at night. Long story short, we never talk about this, and I don't like talking about it now. My cousin is a cop here in town. He was actually one of the cops that responded that night. He still, to this day, is scared to drive up there at night. So, yes, things you can't explain are real. Come to Sleepy Hollow, New York. You never know what you might just see. Signed, S.D. Yeah, that is cool. Especially like the screaming deal. Mm. See, that's an example of kind of like what we were talking about before. Not only did it physically look different, Mm -hmm. but you don't really hear a lot of accounts of hunters going out into the woods and the deer chasing them. They're always, they're they're such skittish animals, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, and even down to like the way, you know, biologically, like, their eyes are on the side and that's typically you know i think you mentioned at the top that you know the not deer a lot of these a lot of these accounts have the eyes facing forward more of like a like a natural predator's eyes are facing forward but like you know deer and animals that have eyes on the side it gives them like a wider field of view so that they can they're always on the lookout you know for for danger basically mm-hmm. and like you know if you haven't seen a deer the second that there's like a the tiniest sound or like a little twig you know snaps like their you know heads perk up and they're on high alert yeah. so it's like everything kind of scares them away yeah man 
After these messages, we'll be right back. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. America's future can be determined by our dreams and our visions. It was very For over 200 years, there have been reports of giant man-like creatures. From another dimension, another world, I don't know. The most intriguing mystery on the North American continent. Hey, this is Bryce Johnson from the Bigfoot Collectors Club, and you're listening to Tyler and Woody on That Would Be Rad, because that is rad. All right, so this comes from a witness in Connecticut who, this is what's even weird about it, wasn't even in the woods necessarily like you would imagine most of these encounters would be. This is actually kind of on the side of a road, and it goes like this. It was about 11 p.m. on a warm summer night, and I was driving home from a friend's house on a rural back road here in Connecticut. From a distance, I could see a police car with its lights on pulled up in the middle of my lane, parked side by side to a pickup truck. My first instinct was that maybe the truck had hit something or been pulled over, but it was weird because the cop wasn't pulled up behind the truck like they usually do. It was parked parallel to it. I had my windows down because it was nice out, and I could hear the cop and the man in the car shouting in conversation back and forth to one another through their windows. I listened to the two talk from their windows and overheard the man in the truck say something like, man, something isn't right. It's not hit or injured. I just found it like that. This grown man had a genuine fear in his voice and was just pointing frantically out his window, going on and on about how they should just shoot it. I turned my attention to the direction of where the guy and the cop were pointing, and my headlights illuminate the sight of a deer that is just sitting directly beside the cop's car. It was extremely weird because the deer was sitting in perfect alignment with the yellow lines on the road, almost as if it had been intentionally trying to place itself there and in the direct middle of the two lanes. This thing looked like a prop or statue, the way it had assembled itself. I could see a liquid pooled around the deer that I assumed was blood, until I realized that the deer was seemingly uninjured and showed no visible signs or wounds or or blood. While scanning the scene from my car behind the cop, I realized that the liquid that was pooled around it wasn't blood, but was actually saliva that was falling from the animal's mouth like a waterfall and collecting all over the road and down its neck. Its head was weirdly shaped, skinnier than it should have been, and in contrast to its giant body. It was bobbling up and down like a bobblehead on a dashboard staring straight in the direction of the cop and truck. It looked hypnotized or something. I thought, maybe it has rabies. Then I kind of tuned into my body and realized that my stomach was all knotted up and my heart started to race. 
can't describe the feeling here, but it sort of felt like I realized that time was moving super slow, like all of a sudden I was in a dream or days. I was deciding if I should just wait there behind the cars or go around the scene in the opposite lane when I noticed something else that was very off. This deer was sitting in a position that unnerved me to no end. This animal was literally sitting crisscross with its legs and joints all contorted and pretzeled in a way that seemed physically impossible unless it had been manipulated by someone to do that. It was even more weird that it was sitting this way in the middle of the road and directly aligned with the yellow line. It all looked so off and in a disconnected and time-bending way. Mm. I immediately felt this unfamiliar paralyzing fear inside my stomach and chest. I felt like I was seeing something I shouldn't have or was someplace I shouldn't be. I just wanted to get out of there. So I slowly, to avoid interaction with the cop, veered into the opposite lane and creeped by the deer. My intuition was strongly telling me not to look out my passenger side window as I inched past the animal who was now eye level to my car and only about two feet away. I ended up looking, and when I did, it was like this thing knew before my eyes even hit it that I was going to look at it. The deer shot its head around to me to face me and locked eyes with me right as I looked at it. I will never, ever forget its eyes and the feelings they evoked in me. They were black, like darker than shadows black, and stared at me with some kind of intention or intelligence or or something. I was physically paralyzed and, and drawn into a complete stop for what felt like minutes while this deer was just staring at me with its cold, dead-like eyes. I know this sounds crazy, maybe it was just the fear, but these moments I was making eye contact with it, I felt like I was in this trance, and like my whole life was sort of flashing before my eyes in a dreamy and terrifying way. I felt like ten seconds became ten minutes, and a weird vulnerability like a stranger walked in on me naked. Every hair on my body was standing up and my heart was racing, and then it all just stopped. And I snapped out of it and drove on. Wow. Yeah. I was terrified the whole way home, but also so curious for an explanation. I kept trying to convince myself that it was just a sick deer or that it was hit and maybe internally injured. But the details of how its legs were crossed and how it was placed and how it knew I was going to look at it before I did and how its eyes looked and made me feel... It all just felt weirdly paranormal or unexplainable. I immediately hit the internet when I got home and discovered those diseases that make deer act off and Mm -hmm. also for the first time heard about a not deer. The logical side of me wants to chalk that experience up to a diseased deer. But the part of me that felt and saw what I did just thinks that there was something more to it. Needless to say... It was the hands-down, scariest experience of my entire life and really shook me for a while. I felt unsettled around deer ever since then. Even though before the experience, I used to really enjoy seeing them. I'd like to know how to explain what I saw and experienced that night, but I'll never forget it. DM. Wow. That's that's incredible, man. Yeah. And again, that one's in, uh, in Connecticut, so... Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, wh- one of the things about this also is it's is it's very sort of, well, I guess originally it's tied into Appalachian f- 
folklore, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or, but mm-hmm. then as you kind of dive in, or maybe maybe as more more witnesses come out, you start seeing that maybe it goes beyond uh, Appalachia. Right. Uh, this next one is from a website called Phantoms and Monsters, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. The guy that's sort of the the big man behind the site is a guy named Lon Strickler, and he's a longtime uh, researcher and investigator. And uh, it's like a curator, really, right? Yeah, he really is. I mean, the site has been been around for a long time, and so it's it's gotten to the point where it sort of almost works as like an aggregate now, where anybody that has or that finds stories across the the internet, like they'll send them to to Lon, so you can find a lot of this stuff. So it's it's a huge resource, you know, especially for topics like this where the majority of it is sort of leaning on, you know, witness accounts. So this is from a guy in Colorado. I believe I saw what a lot of people call a not deer last fall. I see the term not deer tied in with other cryptid creatures pretty often. There isn't a lot to the story, but it has stuck with me and every time I think back on it, I feel very very uneasy. I live in Colorado, in a mountain town south of Denver. The road I live off of is a winding back road through a valley. One side of the road is right against rock, steep like a wall in some places and more sloping in others. And the other side kind of drops off into the valley. Also might be worth noting that the mountain on the other side of the valley is a huge burn site with nothing but skeleton trees. I've heard a couple stories that take place near burn sites, so maybe there is some correlation. I didn't know that, so that's interesting. This was around late August, early September 2020. I was driving home late, probably around 1 a.m. I know the road and all the curves pretty well, so I was going at a pretty decent speed and probably wasn't being as actively aware of my surroundings as I should have been, especially since deer and elk are pretty common here. Anyway, I was coming up on the last curve before my street, and I saw a deer standing at the side of the road on the edge with a rock face. This deer was standing completely still, facing the rock wall, That in itself doesn't sound too strange, I know, but there was something unnatural in its stillness. And the fact that it was staring straight into the rock, nowhere it could go, was odd. But what has stuck with me is the feeling I immediately got upon seeing it. Just an ungodly pit in my stomach. It felt like my heart stopped, and this wasn't the deer on the side of the road surprised me kind of stomach pit. This was an absolute feeling of dread. It also seemed like there was something just off about the deer. For the life of me, I can't picture it in my head or pinpoint what it was, but something proportion-wise was wrong. Like maybe its legs were a little too long or its torso was stretched out. I'm not sure. I didn't have time to really react other than just to slow down a bit. I just kept driving. As I rounded the curve, I literally could not take my eyes off the rear view mirror. And the thing didn't move at all still. Not a flinch. Nothing just stone still even after it was behind the curve and I couldn't see it anymore I still couldn't peel my eyes off the rear view I pulled into the garage and when I got out of the car I couldn't stop myself from running up the stairs I couldn't shake the feeling of dread like I was in danger I'm not by any means superstitious I like stories about cryptids and I think they're super interesting but I've never really believed in them but since that night as short-lived as that encounter was if there's one supernatural thing I believe in it was that creature I know in my gut it wasn't just a deer. It's also worth noting that after I told my visiting friend about the experience, she admitted that the year before, when she was visiting for the first time, she felt a similar dread pit in the stomach as we had approached that same spot. 
It seems like the knot deer is a pretty new and there aren't a whole lot of stories and sightings of them. But from what I've read, I'm led to believe that that's what I saw that night. FT. And then there's a note from Lon that says, The knot deer is generally considered as a folk cryptid, especially in the Appalachians. I've heard other witnesses state that it was a diseased deer or possibly a ghost. I will occasionally receive a report from a witness who spotted a weird-looking deer that just seems out of place, usually followed by a physical reaction to seeing it. Anyway, your thoughts are welcome to Lon. Man. That's a great one. Yeah. Uh, and we'll get into the dread thing. Mm-hmm. Um, this one comes from North Carolina. It says, I grew up in North Carolina, and we always had deer on our property. Deer hunting was incredibly common in my town. I definitely know people who had experiences with the not deer, or the Dior, as they are sometimes called. What? Yeah. <laughs> I've heard it all, like, quote, it was so human, and it had arms. It walked like a person, and there was something wrong about its face, end quote. But by far, the creepiest ones are the ones where you can't tell what's wrong until you can't see it anymore. The most common comment that I've heard was, it looked me in the eyes, and I just knew that it wasn't a deer. I got scared and ran, and after I got back to the path, I realized that all its limbs were, and its head, were on backwards. I've seen people come tearing out of the woods, hyperventilating plenty of times, but I've only had one experience personally. I was out looking for Holly with my brother, but he ran back to the path to grab a bucket because his hands were full and I was alone. There was a Dior maybe 15 to 20 feet away. I squatted down and got quiet because I thought it was a baby deer and I wanted to watch it. But then it stood up and I knew something was wrong. I had never been so scared in all of my life. My brother came running back and he saw it too. But just for a second before it ran off. Then it hit me. The Dior I saw had way too many eyes and its legs were just a little bit too long and maybe even backwards. I recently moved to Bridgewater, Massachusetts, which has its own set of wild cryptids. But the Dior doesn't seem to be a thing here. MM. I mean, there's there's just wow. <clears throat> there's just a ton of these things. And like we said kind of previously, they all have different, interesting, weird details. One account talks about these huge glowing eyes. Another one talks about having these like strange ears that were too long. Mm-hmm. Another one where there's like a a group of deer that were all kind of unusual. And again, they kind of explain, they describe this like sort of strange stuff that kind of surrounds this phenomenon. Yeah. I like the, the, the feeling of dread, which is Mm -hmm. a a familiar sort of component of this whole thing, because, you know, if you're fans of cryptids, you know, that's a big thing with Sasquatch Mm. or Bigfoot, just that feeling of, you know, it's able to like invoke this, this feeling that, you know, that it sort of plays on our fight or flight, Mm. you know, mechanism. And I wonder, I wonder, that's interesting because I wonder if that is something that it's almost like, you know, if you or any, anybody listening has ever been in the woods and had a relatively close encounter with like a bear, there Mm. is something almost innate within our nature that, I don't know, man. It's like so deep ingrained in our like Like DNA. DNA. Yeah. Yeah. That's like our instincts. You know, I've been hacking on the Appalachian Trail and I've had that feeling before. And it was before I even saw a bear that was, you know, 
several hundred yards up the trail. But mm. that feeling happened. And, and it's so weird, you know. Um, that's super interesting. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, I guess it's time that we're really going to kind of get into it. But I know I keep talking about this orb story or the, the sort of chain of encounters that I've had years and years ago. But it this particular thing kind of plays into that where before I would see these particular orbs, my eyes would just start like pouring water. Like before I would, before I felt any sort of fear, you know, or saw anything, it, it's like I kind of knew that it was coming because like several seconds earlier, my eyes would just start like welling up with, you know, they weren't really like tears. They were just, I mean, they were tears, I guess, but you know what I mean? It, yeah. It wasn't out of fear. And so I wonder if whatever that was it, is similar to this like dread, you know, and a lot of people will say, oh, well, you know, Sasquatch is, it's probably, you know, your flesh and blood guys, you know, they say, oh, well, it's like an infrasound type mm. thing. And so it's it's playing on like a like a sub-octave kind of thing that's Frequency, like, yeah. it's like below human hearing, you know. So mm. uh, it's making this sort of low sub subsonic sound that kicks up our fight or flight or scares its any prey in the area or whatever. But I like the fact that, that this is also associated with this not deer because it's not necessarily... It's not necessarily like threatening in a way you would think of like with Bigfoot, you know, who's eight Big to 10 and, foot tall yeah, and, yeah. you know, kind of menacing if you saw that at night. It's just weird. Mm-hmm. One of the things that, that uh, during the research that I kind of thought of was this, you know, you, it's kind of a common term now when you're talking about like robotics or AI or CGI, the term uncanny valley. And it's almost like our... It's basically like our emotional response to something that, and, and with the Uncounty Valley in particular, it's talking about with with humans, but it's it's the way that our emotions or how we respond emotionally to something that is almost human, but it's slightly off, and it causes a reaction that that is almost um, like revulsion, almost or like. Mm-hmm. It's like, it, you know, can kind of scare us. You know, it's like that you see like a mannequin or you see like the, you know, the newer sort of like robotic stuff that's going on where it's like 99% there. But then that there's that one little percentage that something's off, you know, and it's just it, it suddenly goes from like, like, you know, fascination to just bizarre. And, you know, with this, it kind of reminded me of that because, you know, it. it even just the the title itself, the not deer, it's like it's saying, well, it has most of the characteristics of a deer. It's what we would think of as a deer, but it's not. And it's right. just that it's kind of that that's what led me to like the uncanny valley thing. Because with this particular thing, you know, we hear of a lot of these sort of accounts from the past. You know, it's like the you know, the strange visitor trope that would show you know, the, in particular there's one, I think I can't remember if it was Scotland or or somewhere in England, but it's hundreds and hundreds of years ago. There's this story at, you know, one of the big castles over there, and the family is having this party, and it's, it's uh, you know, it's it's pouring rain outside, and they're, everybody's having a good time in a banquet hall, and I think there's dancing and, and food, and, and everything's great. The fires are blazing, and this, uh, this stranger kind of shows up, and, he, you know, he has a black cloak, and he comes in, and... and sort of regales the guest and, you know, he's very charming and charismatic and, and a lot of the ladies are, 
looking at him as, you know, in that like, oh, who's this guy kind of way. And, you know, as the night goes on, I can't remember exactly what goes down, but but something as the night was kind of coming to a close, I think maybe some, somebody happens to like look down and they see that, you know, everything's normal. He's a very attractive guy, but they look down and they see like, you know, as maybe the, the cloak gets brushed aside, they see that he has like cloven hooves like a, mm. a fawn or a satyr. And, you know, then they, I, I think from then on, they claim that he was like the devil. You know, that's like the mm. mm-hmm. the thing. But this this kind of like uh, this idea that like these entities that maybe are, maybe they're interdimensional, maybe they're supernatural, maybe they're paranormal, or all all three of those, you know, it's like, it's almost like the laws of like, physics and the laws of like our universe and stuff yeah yeah it's like it's like these things can can camouflage and they can they can look just like us but they Mm -hmm. can't quite get it right and i mean this plays in stories of like the jinn throughout the middle east Mm -hmm. you know and that's the thing too it's like the cloven hooves or like maybe like the hands are you know there's only like three fingers and they're like claws or like or the like black eyes and i mean that can get into like the black eyed Mm -hmm. kid phenomenon well it's interesting too man because i was just thinking about this you know like you said that these creatures tend to have you know a couple of these accounts that we talked about these encounters where people had this like real physical like reaction to this right Mm -hmm. and it's interesting because like in contrast and this really does kind of play to the fact that it's not a deer Mm -hmm. deer in mythology and and globally have played like significant roles and for the most part they're Mm -hmm. you know good and they're objects of worship and and um usually like signify like heroic heroic quests and deeds and even sort of like like the stags on the coat of arms right exactly like thing, yeah. you know and there, there's been connections to the supernatural and, and fairy realm and oh and yeah messenger being a messenger and stuff and then even here for the benefit of our international listeners deer have a lot of importance with the native american cultures and indigenous tribes throughout the the americas in, I guess, a lot of the Native American cultures, they would signify sort of like fertility in some. And in Mexican tribes, it's actually the first parents of the human race were actually deer. What? Yeah. I've never heard of that. Yeah. Huh. So they often play a role in that creation mythology and are believed, especially like the Southwestern United States and stuff like that, to kind of sacrifice themselves to feed the people. Mm-hmm. And they're considered caretakers of the earth and, you know, all this kind of stuff. But Man, looking into it, there are half man, half deer things that appear in mythology kind of all over the place. Some that are kind of not so close and some that are, you know, kind of interesting. Do you want me to talk about that real quick? Yeah, let's get into it, man. All right. <clears throat> this one's called uh, Cernanos. Oh, Cernanos. And mm-hmm. it is a deity that's depicted with antlers, seated cross-legged. And well, I mean, that's that's an even tie into like the god Pan, right? Here's something that I found that I thought was pretty funny. You can find, and I mean, a laundry list of half man, half fill in the blank, whatever mm-hmm. animal you want to bird, tiger, hippo, elephant, wolf, uh, goat, cow, whatever. There's about a handful of deer, <laughs> so yeah. it's weird, actually. It's it's kind of strange that there's not that many truly sort of half man, half deer 
things. But I mean, you know, of course, people have heard of like other weird sort of blends of creatures and stuff like the jackalope and the, oh God, what is this one called? The Wolpertinger. Have you heard oh, of that? No, but it's, I think it's like in that. Yeah, same like, kind of same yeah, kind of thing. Which yeah. I love, man. Mm-hmm. There's also one called, now this one, out of all of these kind of mixed in with deers and stuff in mythology and in folklore and stuff, this one I thought my kids are going to freaking love this one. It's called the, the Cali Greyhound. Mm, I never heard of it. Okay, this thing is amazing. So it essentially, it is a creature of folklore from medieval Europe. And essentially what it is, man, it's a almost like a, a feline, so like, a, you know, a cat, mm-hmm. but with deer antlers. Ooh, and cool. the de Vere family, who were the earls of Oxford, used the Cali Greyhound in their coat of arms in the 15th and 16th uh, centuries. It's renowned for its incredible speed. It is said to have the head of a wildcat, the mm-hmm. torso of a deer or antelope, the claws of an eagle, ox hooves, and then like the, the hind legs are more of like a lion or ox. So, so it sounds anyway. like a living totem pole. Yeah, living totem pole, totem pole <laughs> that lives. I love those though, man. Those are so cool. It's like yeah. Voltron or something. Yeah, exactly. So what I kind of found about the sort of Native American lore, you know, again, almost all the tribes have some sort of myth that surrounds deer people, whether it's a deer man or deer woman. Mm-hmm. Some of the more notable ones, sort of like in our area in the Southeast, the Choctaw tell of a mischievous deer man and I'm not even going to try to pronounce the Choctaw word, Kasha Hatopolo. There you go. I did good. Very good. And of course, the Cherokee folklore has a shape-shifting deer woman. Which they all, I mean, there's so many of those blank, blank women, like the Oswang. And like, mm-hmm. that's just such a thing that's in like all cultures. It's that's so interesting to me. Mm-hmm. The Cherokee deer woman is is kind of like a seductive yep. shapeshifter. Yep. The Choctaw one, the deer man, is mostly kind of harmless or whatever. And you said that that was like the trickster? The Choctaw, yeah. It's, yeah. it's mischievous, mainly just kind of like it likes to frighten hunters. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it's it's more mischievous than it is like malicious. And and I mean, that, there it is again with like the pan trickster mm-hmm. god archetype. It's, mm-hmm. I, there's it's gotta funny be because something. it's like there's like this connection between all of these mythologies yeah. that have so many of these connections and so many attributes and characteristics that are alike, you know? Yeah. And that's whenever it goes from like, oh, are these just, are, is this just a creature that someone's just kind of created on Reddit to like, it's is this possible. a continuation of, see, because communication now, of course, is so different than, let's say, ancient Greece, right? Or even before that. And it's like these people at the time were either creating this mythology from scratch mm-hmm. or creating it by, speaking it into the universe. I mean, you can go down Uh, a lot of different avenues here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even as you were, you were, I kind of thought, I kind of had a feeling where you were going with that because like, since we've been doing the research, it's, you know, it's a little bit in the sense of like the Slenderman thing. It's like Mm. these, and even the not deer, some of the stories to me, you know, they do kind of lean into like creepypasta a little bit. Yeah, and that's cool. I, I think I, you know, do what it's you fun. do, folks. Yeah. But but there is a level of like I, I I like the idea of like the tulpa, you know, and it's like especially the idea of the tulpa in like the modern age of the internet, you know, and it's like in the past, you know, you you would have your your oral traditions, and you know they would go from campfire to campfire, but now it's like some kid writes a story that 
you know, is really cool to somebody else. And then suddenly there's like a million people on this same wavelength, seeing Mm -hmm. this thing, getting into it, 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 putting energy into this. So it's like, are we true? Like, I I just like the idea that of like egregores and tulpas and, and the idea that like, yeah, maybe this did start out as like some silly thing, but it's on the minds of so many people because of the internet that like, are we like willing these things into existence now? Well, before listeners, before you roll your eyes, just at the sound of that whole description. I got to say, if you, yeah, first, how dare you? (laughs) Second, think about it in this way. And this is kind of less sort of paranormal or fantastical or whatever. Mm -hmm. You take somebody who creates a comic book character like Batman, we'll say. Mm-hmm. Could we not say that because that creator developed this backstory, created this you know myth surrounding this person, drew them, now there's all these stories and universes surrounding them and stuff. Technically speaking, like they did sort of from their imagination, it this thing now exists. Now, mm-hmm. am I saying that Batman is like swinging around Gotham? No, not in real life, but there are these movies and mythology and everything that surrounds it. So there is, in a sense, this creation mm-hmm. that's taken place just because that story spreads, right? Right. And then arguably people, good people, can kind of take on some of those sort of characteristics of that legend. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I know oh, this is kind of like way out there, but I think because of all this folklore, because of all these like interesting connections it kind of goes back to the connections of, of people that have UFO encounters mm-hmm. in the 1700s that perfectly parallel in description and event to things that happen in 1960 or 1990 yeah. or, you know what I mean? Well, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because with UFO lore, especially with Whitley Strieber's communion and like, you know, the, the birth of like the gray aliens, you know, what we think of if we think of aliens now. You know, it, the owl is typically sort of associated with like the screen memories. But if you're a fan of a guy or if you've never heard of him, I, I really urge you guys to go look him up. It's a guy named Mike Cleland. He has written this book called like The Messengers or The Dark Messengers. And he's been on a bunch of podcasts. So you, you got to check him out. But he he kind of breaks down the, the mythos surrounding like owls and how in so many sort of abduction cases or scenarios these owls kind of show up as as like you know or, you know back in like Native Americans it was they were sort of totems and now they're sort of used by you know possibly they're used by these gray aliens to sort of mask what's really happening in their screen memories and in that like deer are actually part of that as well and so I think it is interesting that and I wonder if you know, if anything, if any of these these sort of accounts are playing into that also, you know, the idea that like, well, maybe you you saw this, you know, quote unquote, not deer, but like, maybe it was also like a screen memory and mm. you had missing time for two hours or, right. you know, these weird kind of things. I mean, especially, and it's a lot like the owls where, you know, people would talk about missing time and they would say that I was driving my car and it was really late at night and I... I had to slow down because I saw something in the road and it was it was this giant owl just sitting in right in the middle of the road and it wouldn't move and it wouldn't fly off like it wasn't afraid. And that's so similar to these not deer. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if, you know, I mean, maybe maybe that's playing into some of these encounters as maybe. well. I mean, one thing that I did find, especially in the Native American lore, 
it kind of moves toward a, a topic that we haven't talked about yet on the podcast, only because it's so vast, and that is skinwalkers. Oh, yeah, I was waiting on it. Yeah, we won't go into it. We won't go into it too huge here in terms of the mythology and the the lore around skinwalkers, but just kind of like the quick definition of like a Navajo. When I think of skinwalkers, you know, you're thinking of like the Navajo and their belief of, of skinwalkers. But I think a lot of tribes had very, very similar mm-hmm. beliefs and lore within within their own tribe. But but even the skinwalker varied from tribe to tribe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because I think sometimes it was like a, uh, it, like a let's witch. Just pull it down. It's a shapeshifter. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. All the tribes kind of have like different, some of them are bad. Some of them aren't necessarily bad, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when looking into this not deer, one of the things that kind of pops up is, well, is this a skinwalker? In fact, if you go onto some of these Reddit forums, somebody, some of the comments are hilarious. Like somebody will have like this description of what happened. They're like, boy, skinwalkers are kind of making their way up north, huh? And stuff like that. So it's in this community of, of cryptids, but then mm-hmm. also in this rad strangeness oh, idea, yeah. you know, skinwalkers, people kind of know about them. But in case you don't. And we'll, we'll we're going to devote, trust me, we're going to devote a yeah, full episode to skinwalkers. For sure. In case you don't, just think of it as a shapeshifter that has been around since Native American time that they would kind of talk about and everything. Yeah. So when thinking about this, though, because here's the thing, if I if I can go ahead and get into sort of what yeah. I think about it, I think this is one of those things that potentially could be, I think there might be a majority of stories that are just good fiction. Mm. And that's fine. Oh, They're absolutely. entertaining, right? They serve their purpose as yeah. well. It's like creepypasta. Yeah. Yeah. And it's fun to think about and all that. I think there's probably a large majority of that. But I also think there are people that have, they've seen something, whatever it is. Maybe it was their eyes playing tricks on them. You know, one of the other kind of, not even debunking things, but sort of like, hey, maybe it was this. There are several diseases that are pretty intense that deer can get. One of them crazy. is, yeah, crazy. I mean, that really disfigure the, the animal, make them act crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is called chronic wasting disease. I won't really get into it much here, but it, it starts to shut down a lot of the deer's mm-hmm. internal processes and stuff, and, and just it, it's like a genetic type thing. And it it's funny because it kind of makes me think of of the Wendigo, and I'm I know you're going to probably get into that, but it it's this sort like no matter how much they eat, it it's like it can't get receive the nutrients, mm-hmm. so it's literally just wasting away. So it's it's like ravenous, it's hungry. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it like aggressive. And they also call it like the zombie deer disease because mm-hmm. they're like, they're literally zombies. Yeah. And, it, and it's along the lines of, of uh, in the same sort of classification as like mad cow disease. Right. And all that. So it's this, I mean, it truly is like a zombie type affliction, if you will. Yeah. And if you're super into that kind of stuff, I do highly encourage you to just, for fun, you know, take take a day and look into like these crazy real animal diseases that exist out there mm-hmm. because it's just crazy. I, I mean, the photos are not pleasant yeah. at all. Yeah, not pleasant. I just meant like the descriptions. Yeah, the yeah, bio- yeah. The biology, the inner biology nerd that's that's talking now. But mm-hmm. going back to... Oh, um, real quick too. There's It also could be... People also talk... Sorry. <laughs> I just didn't want to go over this because I know any debunkers that listen to go the ahead, show will say, well, you didn't talk about mange. Because yeah, well, okay, mange. When I said there are all kinds of other diseases, mange is in there. Rabies. Well, but I'm I just I mean, there's saying, all kinds of other diseases. Yes, rabies, mange. Okay. Okay. I'm just putting it out there because oh, God We don't have to list them all. We can, but we don't have to. 
I mean, those are the only three that I we can can't list think them all, of. but we don't have to. Okay, pal. Okay. So back to skinwalkers, all right? Because here's, like I said, I started it off with, look, do I think there are people that just kind of want to add to the mythos? Yes, mm-hmm. probably. I think, you know, there are plenty like on TikTok and stuff that, that are just like, it's a, however long you're allowed, like it's a video and they're like, and then I was out in the woods and they're just like telling a crappy story and they never show you a picture of anything and you're just like, oh, cool, I wasted that, however long that was of my life and I'll never get that back again. Do I think that stuff exists? Yes. Oh, yeah. But I also think there's a subset of people that are experiencing something. I don't know what it is, Mm -hmm. but they seem to feel like what they saw looked like a deer. Now, what if this, this is, this is the part where I say, now that would be rad if, what if it was a skinwalker? Now, whenever I kind of, or at least kind of explain this, I did a Tyler on the phone um, before we got into the studio and started recording. His knowledge of, and the lore and all that of the skinwalkers maybe kind of cancels this idea that I have out. But to me, I don't know how long it takes to transform if I'm a skinwalker or if there are skinwalkers mm-hmm. from a man to a deer or a deer back to a man. I don't know how long it takes. Mm-hmm. What if it's not just like a boop, up, okay. It's not like Transformers, <laughs> human. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Autobots, roll out. You know, hey, like- that was nice. Maybe it's, maybe, maybe it takes a while, right? Mm-hmm. And in that transformation- the mind is kind of transforming back to human and it's kind of like that maybe these people are like kind of coming up on these creatures in that middle transitionary sort of Hmm. time, right? Mm -hmm. And so bones are weird looking and they're still kind of like animal brain is working, but also their human brain is working. So that's maybe what the weird behavior can be attributed to. And I don't know, man. As I'm saying it out loud, I know there's no, probably no, no. listeners that are like, look, dude, I came here for the baseball cards and He-Man toys. Dude, the whole, What are this, you guys talking about? No, this is what this whole show is about. It's all about speculation and getting into stuff that we think is cool. I mean- And it is cool. I mean, think about if some of these deer, I mean, like, first off, deer woman, that, that's like a, a siren, you know, there's there's that kind of trope. Yeah. I mean, there's just all kind, and it all kind of comes back to things trying to lure you into the woods. Exactly. You and so with Tim. that, you should go buy the book by Tim Marashenko. Mm-hmm. Give us the title, Woody. Disembodied Voices. It is fantastic. I promise you, um, we're not sponsored now. <laughs> now, we're not sponsored by this book. We read this book, and I mean, literally, we've talked about it a couple times briefly on the show. Mm-hmm. It is just fantastic. And all of our interests that were interested, like things like this, they they naturally can fall into the same category mm-hmm, of like, mm-hmm. you know, pan or this, this, we're, we're just so fascinated. I mean, even with the watcher story, yeah. which is clearly a human being. Or maybe it was a dear woman. <laughs> maybe a human being that's writing these letters. We're still able to point that in the direction of, you know, things like the Harlequin or Sam, mm-hmm. the Sandown clown or disembodied voices. It's still that thing that's like trying to lure you to it, that siren's call. Mm-hmm. Just, to, just to touch on what you were talking about before with that like sort of transformation or that metamorphosis of skinwalker turning into something else. My only thing with that is, is the behavior of the deer where, you know, you pull up on it and it just stares you down. It, you know, it doesn't give in. It doesn't leave its, 
its place. It just stares right into your eye. And then, you know, like we had mentioned before, there is this like feeling of dread and which, I mean, that is a skinwalker thing. Yeah. You know? And that's what I'm saying. Maybe that's why the behavior is weird and odd is because it's in that middle. Like yeah. maybe it's the brain, like it can't really control what it's doing, but the part of the brain that's human recognizes that as being human. It's kind of like uh, that consciousness is sort of locked on, mm-hmm. and locked into that human. And then like that one story with all that like drool and spit and stuff. Yeah, and that's like, crazy. Yeah. I mean, or or it's like that and then, you know, it is quote unquote like mid change. So then it sees a car and it's like, well, I can't keep changing. So I'm just going to stand here. Mm. I don't know, man. The, one thing also about the, <laughs> some like modern, I mean, I guess people sort of say that they're, they're probably like skinwalkers. But one thing about like a lot of the modern reports will be these like dogmen or like werewolf or like were coyote type characters. Mm-hmm. But they'll literally be standing upright. And there's one where, or there's actually several, it's not just one, but I think I first heard about this on uh, the Paranormal podcast, Jim Harold's podcast years ago. He was one of the first that I ever started listening to and he was it was the only one at the time but he had some people that would call in and talk about they would see on the side of the road these like wear like coyotes and they'd be wearing like a jacket and smoking a cigarette i think that's amazing dude if i'm driving down the road and i just see the fantastic mr fox <laughs> like in a full suit exactly it's yeah. game over i'm clocking out for the rest of the day yeah right now you mentioned this earlier and we didn't get into it and i know you know we got to wrap it up here in a second but mm-hmm. A lot of folks kind of do point to like the similarities potentially, and we'll get to the why I said potentially, to things like the Wendigo, mm-hmm. right? right? Again, we haven't really gone over that much here, but we have talked about, you know, even things like um, Krampus. Mm-hmm. And specifically about the Wendigo, one thing that I didn't know until, Tyler, you told me this morning, and I kind of looked into it further, you know, when people think of the Wendigo, myself included, mm-hmm. I think of this like big, huge, like horned beast, you know, I mean, uh, like the Guillermo del Toro type mm-hmm. antler creature, right? I just think of Alpha Flight, just well, a white Bigfoot. Yeah. And apparently like, I think there's been almost like a, uh, I don't know, like a distortion mm-hmm. of that creature as it was kind of known by the Native Americans and stuff in that lore to like what people think of it today mm-hmm, right potentially like i think you'd said maybe this whole time well i think what you're leading to is it, so there is this traditional view of the wendigo which is this you know this giant hairy beast kind of like a bigfoot or a yeti is what i think of but mm-hmm. in the modern age there's been this sort of uh description of this thing as has slightly changed where it's like uh it has huge like rack of antlers or even some say that it's it's a giant hairy beast but then it also has like a deer head and partial neck and then antlers and the one thing that i haven't thought of but in in talking about and i'm glad i did even though you tried to shut me down earlier but talking about like mange and then the the wasting uh deer syndrome type thing is is this made it up not a real not a real what is it called again say it again uh, it is called chronic wasting disease. Chronic wasting disease. I mean, you do hear about it being called wasting deer disease, at least yeah. on, at least on like some of the accounts of like the not deer. But with that, it's like their bodies aren't receiving nutrients, so they're just ravenous at all times. And 
it's interesting because the Wendigo, and again, we'll, we'll get into a full episode later, but the interesting thing about the Wendigo is typically it's from like cannibalism. It's from, you know, these, these indigenous people, they mm, eat human right. flesh yeah, yeah, yeah. or eat human meat and it turns them into this ravenous mm-hmm. thing and they can never get full. It, they can never, uh, you know, get their fill of, of like, you know, food or, or sustenance. So, you know, they go after eating humans at that point. And it, it is interesting, those two sort of like sort of paralleling though, you know? Yeah, for sure. So I feel like what you were leaning to is maybe the not deer is what these people are seeing in this more modern description of the Wendigo mm-hmm. with like the deer head and the horns, because I, I don't think that was a, a common description of the Wendigo from like, you know, the, the indigenous people of the areas. Yeah. I mean, so all in all, to kind of wrap it up, what do you think's going on here? I mean, are people, what are people seeing? Do you think? Well, I'm not sold on one thing though. Yeah, that's what I that's what I was going to say. I think it's a mixture. It's a combination of all of these things potentially. Right. And I know that's not really a, you know, my wife is a real stickler about. She doesn't like shows like Unsolved Mysteries or there was some other crime show that we watched where it's just like, I'm like oh, that oh uh, like uh, America's Most Wanted or whatever. Mm-hmm. She doesn't like those because there's no conclusion. There's no like, oh, right. this is the answer for me. I am more interested in the journey to discover the answer. Mm-hmm. Right. So. To me, I think it's like a, a combination of all these. I think there's a percentage that is just like, you know, some drunk dude on the back country road that's just like, oh, man, I saw the water. You know, mm-hmm. they see some deer and they think it's a monster. I think there's a percentage of people that just literally hear about something like this, create a story, and they're pretty good at writing, and then, you know, submit it in to like Phantoms and Monsters. Mm-hmm. I think there's also a percentage of old world folklore that existed then for some reason that never went away. Right. Um, I also think that there is something about nature that we don't know. Mm -hmm. And no matter how hard we try to figure it out and, you know, come up with a reason behind it and all this, that we may never know other than we got to, I feel like in my, this is like my soapbox here. You got to respect it with, yeah, you just have to respect it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you just can't be like a, what we'd call like, a, you can't be a tenderfoot and just walk out into the woods and, and not expect oh, potentially absolutely. something to uh, to happen. Yeah, you know, one of the stories that we did have, which I, I don't think we're going to feature because it's sort of, to me at least, felt, one of the stories that we read was basically talking about uh, this guy's account was he saw this, this huge deer come out and it had this giant rack of horns. And then it was really leaning into like, the, this sort of almost like like telepathic communication between him and the deer. And and to me, it sort of felt a little like Princess Mononoke. However, in regard to that, I do think that there could be some sort of like, you know, and I know this is going to sound silly to like folks that just don't believe in any of this stuff, but I, there is something that feels very like sort of like the fae or the fairies or like mm. these sort of like forest spirits or, or elementals that – there is something about that that it just feels like fitting or something to me. I mean, you know, with like the Fae and and sort of that old school, a lot of that mythology. I mean, well, we say mythology now, even though way back in the day it was believed just as much as, you know, the sun was in the sky. But, you know, the idea of like changelings and the idea yeah. like doppelgangers where, you know, it's this thing taking on the appearance of a human and it's like, 
I just feel like there's something to that, especially because a lot of these cases, um, these not deer will be seen in like another group. They'll, they'll be seen in like a big group of other deer uh, that look normal. And yeah. so I wonder if like, are are they doing the same thing that they do with us? You know, these accounts, these these entities where they're, 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 you know, putting on camouflage and looking like a human, mm-hmm. but not quite doing it right, you know, like with right. with the gin or the the fay or the hooves or whatever. Are they doing the same thing with just like a herd of deer mm. to, to <laughs> fit in so that they can graze or do whatever? I don't it's know. The lady, it's the lady from Total Recall. So how long do you plan to stay on Mars? Two weeks. Have you brought any fruits or vegetables onto the planet? Two weeks. Excuse me? Uh, two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. But I do think, I mean, there are some things about this that just feel like it could fall into so many different camps. I mean, you know, bringing up the skinwalker, I totally could see that. Um, but I do think there is a good portion of this as as sort of that's not maybe not as satisfying as I would like. I do feel like a large majority of these are like creepypasta. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have TikTok because I'm yelling at kids on my lawn to get off. But, you know, apparently it's like a pretty big TikTok thing that, you know, silly videos and stuff. And people saying, oh, my God, look, it's a not deer. You know, I think there's a lot of that. But, you know, then but then again, you'll hear these stories of of like avid hunters. And like we know these people because we're. You know, my whole family are avid hunters and rural mm-hmm. folk that, you know, they know a, what a deer is supposed to look like. They've yeah. they've watched them through a scope, you know, since they were could hold, you know, a firearm. And so it's like you hear those accounts and it's hard. It's hard, a little harder for me to just sort of blow it off. Uh, and so if I am believing in that, I think there's definitely skinwalker ties. There's definitely probably like Fay or elemental type stuff that that's that's just sort of where i go to so yeah but i love it oh god yeah man this is it's really cool i mean ultimately in the grand scheme of things in in looking at how long people have been talking about bigfoot and how popular and stuff like things like this creature like the not deer mm-hmm. it's kind of like it's freshman year you know we've still right. got a lot of time here there haven't really been any kind of active mm-hmm. to my knowledge active studies or or um you know, research done about it really. And so for now, it kind of has to be like that, you know? And yeah. and I think something that's kind of cool is to think like, hey, look, you know, there have been tales about these other cryptid creatures. Who's to say there can't be new ones, you know? Mm-hmm. So Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Well, I guess that's about it. I mean, yeah. again, it's an unsatisfying conclusion because we don't know what it is. But at the same time, it's also exciting because like what he said, we're sort of living in real time of the genesis of maybe a new cryptid, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's exciting. That's really cool. I guess that's about it. If you want to find us, you can head on over to Instagram. That's where the majority of our activity is. Feel free to shoot us DMs, you know, tell us stories, accounts, urban legends, maybe not deer sightings mm-hmm. in your particular area. Uh, and if you have stories that are even longer or stories that you even want to tell us maybe record on like a voice memo and send feel free to shoot it over to that would be radpod at gmail.com go buy us a coffee go check out our merch there's probably going to be some new merch coming up because we're mm-hmm. on the verge on the precipice 
of Camp Rad Strangeness. It's pretty close. And uh, it's going to be exciting and going to be cool. Do you got anything else, bro? That's it, man. All right. Well, we love you. We appreciate you. And as always, be rad. That's the way it That is pretty, that's pretty good. Boy, if Coach could just see me now. <laughs> I could, but I could throw a football <laughs> over the mountains. I could bleat.
like nobody's <laughs> business. There's like a breathy, breathiness, like quality, quality to it. Oh, yeah. wait, wait, say that at the same time. Okay. Mmm, jinx. You owe me some antlers. All right. <clears throat> Here in Sleepy Hollow, New York, we have all types of crazy things. I mean, should I be like, here in Sleepy Hollow, New York, <laughs> we have all types of crazy things. I hey, mean, I would we be. We got dis- the Headless Horseman. We got ghosts. We got demons. Aliens. No, I'm not going to do that. All right. Bucks and does. I like that. Okay. Okay. Hey, are you both? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, God. dude, you've got to you've got to keep that you. whole progression because you were so confident. Just ready. You're like, oh yeah, I like Just that. Ready cool. To go. Here we go. 